prior to more fully addressing the various elements of God's wrath and punishment that will come upon Judah, Israel, in the last days, which I will do in my next two passages, parts 2 and 3, I will first set the stage in the current passage with a description of several key players who are highly relevant to the last days country of Israel. To have an understanding of these last days players and their interrelated dynamics will allow for one to have a big picture understanding and background for how punishment against Judah, Israel, will come about in the last days. A quick synopsis of these players, and their interrelatedness, according to scripture, is as follows. Worldwide, Antichrist Chaldeans they have intentionally set up the country of Israel for a fall. They have partnered in crime and corruption with Israel's rulers and leaders over time, but will turn on the country of Israel and its leaders and will expose them and their citizens to the world. They will then be a leader in the destroying force against them. Remember, the Chaldeans have no long-standing loyalty in their occult-based plan, but they play both sides of every issue. Ultimately, they are Antichrist, anti-God's people of Israel. On this note, the lawless Antichrist Chaldeans have taken captive and have persecuted a righteous Jacob Judah remnant, in Babylon, a far country, in the last days period. Judah, country of Israel, leaders, prophets these have nearly all traded out their own citizens by making vows and oaths to the worldwide Antichrist Chaldeans. As a result, they, themselves, have been corrupted and blinded as to the truth. This is why they also oppose the righteous Jacob army. They will be horrified when they are exposed by the Antichrist Chaldeans who trade them out, turn against them, and subsequently attack them. They will also be ashamed when they find out the truth about the Jacob army Judah remnant's last day's cause and how they were on the opposition side of their righteous remnant of their own people. The Jacob army as per above in my prior passages, the Jacob army is taken captive and persecuted by the Antichrist Chaldeans and their criminal gang tactics, largely in the nation of Babylon, U.S. This Jacob Judah remnant raises a banner of righteousness to the nations, likely causing the need for justice via a peace process slash settlement which will require Antichrist Chaldean participation along with Judah, Israel, leader participation. Scripture appears to indicate that this Jacob-Judah remnant will be delivered about the time God's judgment begins on the world, including his punishment on the two aforementioned players above. Tilda. With that background, I will address the following elements in this passage as they relate to our topic of coming punishment on Judah, country of Israel. The Antichrist Chaldean Big Picture Plan. The Antichrist Chaldean Role in Judah's Punishment. Punishment on Judah's rulers and leaders. The Jacob Army's measuring line for justice. While the above will set the stage for God's coming punishment of, and his judgment against, Judah, Israel, I will address more specific facets in my next passage. The Antichrist Chaldean Plan. Of course, God's final punishment and judgment of his people is all part of his sovereign plan, knowing from before time that his own people, except for a remnant, would in large part reject him. But, the Antichrist Chaldean world rulers have carefully planned for this on their end for a very long time. There are, admittedly, some amazing aspects to God's people being regathered in the land from all over the world to re-establish their nation, people, parts of their culture, and language, after it remained relatively desolate for centuries. However, could there not have been a sinister plan and a setup from the beginning? One must consider whether a Rothschild family created Israel that now holds an estimated 6 million Jews was a plan to, once again, initiate a destruction of God's people en masse. Isn't that a perfect plan for Satan's army who, by definition, want to destroy and eliminate God's people? You will no doubt recognize that false gods and all of their associated problems addressed in my last passage are just what the powerful, worldwide, satanic antichrist called the an army intended to creep into an Israeli society. Consequently, 
In this passage, you will see how the Chaldeans will be the driving force behind the factors of God's punishment of an Israeli society that took the bait and became highly deceived by their infiltrating enemy. Scripture says, For they shall be ashamed of the yokes which ye have desired, and ye shall be confounded for the gardens that ye have chosen. Is 129. But those who trust in idols and say to molten images, You are our gods. Will be turned back in utter shame. Is 4217. By the time Israelis recognize their false gods, it will be too late. The Antichrist called the enroll in Judah's punishment. While multiple nations and multiple means of punishment will be involved, the Antichrist Chaldeans are the primary driving force behind the country of Israel's destruction in the last days. Recall, they are God's created instrument of wickedness and evil that He uses for judgment against His own people. The list of descriptors below provide a sense of the Antichrist Chaldeans' power and might in the last days. They are just as powerful now as they were in the times of the Babylonian invasion, in a relative sense. Descriptors of them given below are organized within categories. General. A bitter and hasty nation, Hab 1 to 6 the most wicked of nations, Easy 724 a dry wind of the desolate heights, Jer 411 a mighty nation, an ancient nation, Jer 415. Fighting force. A nation without number, with the teeth of a lion, Joel 1 6 their arrows are sharp, their bows are strong, their horses' hoofs seem like flint, their chariot wheels like a whirlwind, is 528 their roar is like that of a lion, they growl and seize their prey, is 527, they come, like a swarm of locusts, is 33-4. Infiltration. Their quiver is like an open tomb. Jer 516 they are serpents, vipers that cannot be charmed, Jer 817. The above are descriptors of very a powerful Antichrist Chaldean force that has the vast resources to fight by conventional or unconventional means against the country of Israel in the last days. Descriptors above also demonstrate that they have the ability to attack both from within Israel itself, as well as from without. Taking control from within, stripping the vineyard. You will recall from my prior passage the Chaldeans as the force assigned by God that strips the vineyard of His people. This process will have already been in place for a significant time prior to God's final punishment on Israel. This happens throughout the world, but as it applies to the country of Israel we see the following in Scripture. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field, are withered, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. Joel 1 12. The fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Hab 3 17-18. While deliberately targeting God's vineyard, the Chaldeans have many ways to trap people or require, including under threat, that they join to become a slave and serve other gods, otherwise, Chaldeans will pursue their resistant human targets and destroy them. Taking control from within, control of leaders and citizens. Multitudes of citizens in the country of Israel, and nearly all of their leaders, will be found to have made secret vows and oaths to the idolatrous Antichrist Chaldean worldwide army. This means that the Chaldeans have already long been at work in Israel through its own citizens, doing what they do destroying God's people, looting and stealing, perpetrating moral decay, etc. While their Chaldean idols and detestable practices may have served them well to this point, what Israelis will realize in the end is that they are actually slaves to their own enemy. The following scripture demonstrates this. Is Israel a servant, a slave by birth? Why then has he become plunder? Jer 2:14. At the time Judah slash Israel's sins as a nation are uncovered, along with their leaders' corrupt practices, Israel's people will understand that they have lived in the midst of great deception. 
they will also realize how their country is actually controlled by those whom God calls foreigners and strangers. Israeli citizens will recognize that Judah's leaders are traitors who have cooperated with the Chaldeans. This will be especially apparent when the Chaldeans invade the country from the outside, but walk in virtually untouched. What has been seen as a highly powerful Israeli military force will be rendered virtually powerless in the people's defense because of being owned, and their oaths of allegiance to the worldwide Chaldeans. Note this scenario happens in last day's Babylon US as well. As I have also alluded to, Antichrist Chaldean infiltration in a country's military will render it powerless due to conflicts of interest among its leaders, political and military, the split control of sensitive systems and operations, and intelligence or communications that are compromised and made available to enemies. Taking control from without, an invasion. It is also important to realize that leaders of nations and conventional armies of war from the north that come against Israel will serve the global Antichrist Chaldean powerful rulers and organization, and are merely executing its plan all along against God's people. It will be these armies that gather together, encircle, and surround the land of Israel, i.e. a besieging army coming from a distant land, Jer 4:16. This alone will cause additional problems such as famine, pestilence, etc. that I will describe in my next passage. After surrounding the country of Israel, these armies will then ultimately invade with a sword, which can be translated into today's conventional type warfare. Recall the polished sword in Ezekiel, ch. 21, that I will describe in the sword section of my next passage. The following scriptures describe the collective result of this foreign invasion, as the people of Israel will cry out to God. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your land, strangers devour it in your presence and it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. Is 1-7. Your holy cities have become a wilderness, Zion has become a wasteland, Jerusalem a desolation. Is 64-10. This invasion that uses blunt military force will be accompanied by other Chaldean tactics. The Chaldean armies that come from around the world will be very well equipped, trained military warriors who will also invade as fishers and hunters, metaphorically speaking. The following scripture best describes how Chaldean armies will capture particular Israeli persons of interest in the day of Israel's disaster. But now I will send for many fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will catch them. After that I will send for many hunters, and they will hunt them down on every mountain and hill and from the crevices of the rocks. Jer 16:16. This brings to mind how King Hezekiah was captured when he tried to escape the Babylonian army's invasion of his day. Punishment directly on Israel's leaders and prophets. As just noted, Israel's rulers and leaders will be of particular interest in the last day's time of God's judgment. When a nation sins and misdeeds, especially against other nations and peoples are exposed, then it will be that nation's leaders and rulers who will be punished first. In Isaiah, 3-2, we learn the following people in Israel will be held accountable, the mighty man, the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent, and the ancient. Of course, the nation's own citizens will also have the same ill will toward these corrupt leaders in whom they had put their trust. So, it will be invading nations that will punish Israel's kings and leaders. God says, I am about to bring a sword against you, and warns that Judah's leaders will become prey. He says further, I will cause them to fall. The following scriptures are just a few that describe coming punishment on the country of Israel's leaders. And I will make void the council of Judah and Jerusalem in this place and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies, and by the hands of them that seek their lives, and their carcasses will I give to be meat for the fowls of the heaven, and for the beasts of the earth. Jer 19-7. Therefore my people are gone into captivity, because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Is 5:14. In mine ear said the Lord of hosts, 
of a truth many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair, without inhabitant. Is 5-9. The polished sword for slaughter, in easy, ch. 21, will be returned punishment on the country of Israel's leaders who will be found to have shed innocent blood and received significant, unjust gain through illegal means such as bribery, extortion, illegal trade, racketeering, etc. When these rulers and leaders' bad deeds are discovered, Scripture says their hearts will fail them. Consider God's words to Judah's leaders below, describing His policy of returning evil onto those who have perpetrated it. Shall they not rise up suddenly that shall bite thee, and awake that shall vex thee, and thou shalt be for booties unto them? Because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee, because of men's blood, and for the violence of the land, of the city, and of all that dwell therein. Woe to him that coveteth an evil covetousness to his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. Thou hast consulted shame to thy house by cutting off many people, and hast sinned against thy soul. Habdu to 7-10. As I have alluded to prior, one of the primary ways Judah's leaders are initially exposed appears to be through some kind of peace process with others that is found to be corrupt and insincere on their part. Judah's leaders will try to build a wall to hide behind in this process to prevent others' justice. I will describe this in more detail later in this passage. Prophets punished. Like its leaders and rulers, Judah's priests and prophets' lying ways and corrupt deeds will also be uncovered and revealed. So they will not escape shame or punishment either. Recall, these are priests who teach for a price and prophets who tell fortunes for money, Mike 3-7. We have learned they also assist to destroy and scatter God's vineyard people on behalf of the Antichrist Chaldeans. So, they are also traitors. Can you imagine their shame when their deeds are uncovered for the world to see? Recall from Jeremiah, 2-9, that the priests will be horrified and the prophets appalled. Their shame alone that will replace their prior pride and arrogance will be a true form of punishment in of itself. As you might expect, the country of Israel's priests and prophets will completely lose their credibility as messengers of God. They will no longer be able to serve in this capacity. We learn in Scripture. Mischief shall come upon mischief, and rumor shall be upon rumor, then shall they seek a vision of the prophet, but the law shall perish from the priest, and counsel from the ancients. Easy 7:26. Therefore the night will come over you without visions, and the darkness without divination. The sun will set on these prophets, and the daylight will turn black over them. Mike 3-6. In addition to their shame, God says that He will feed these priests and prophets with wormwood, and will make them drink the water of gall. Basically, they will suffer calamity upon calamity, including all of those to be addressed in my next passage, will be cursed, and God says that He will bring evil on them. Not the least of these calamities will include prophets being exposed to as the sword. In Ezekiel's vision, God instructs His last day's destroyers that come to slaughter to, begin at my sanctuary, the temple. Then He says. Defile the house, and fill the courts with the slain, go ye forth. And they went forth, and slew in the city. Easy 9-7. A bad vine? In prior passages, and earlier in this one, I have addressed God's vineyard, the worldwide house of Israel, as it applies in these last days. God has stripped this vineyard and will continue to do so as punishment for their disobedience. This includes, as you would expect, His vineyard in His own land of Israel. In considering God's upcoming punishment on Judah, country of Israel, and its people, it is worth pondering whether this punishment may also apply to a particular vine, or tribal bloodline, existing in the land. This would likely be a vine that is particularly active and visible in the ruling and elite classes. After all, there is precedent in Scripture that certain ancient, corrupt Judah kings drew God's ire and subsequent banishment of their own family line serving on the throne. The Antichrist Chaldeans, who enjoy mocking God, 
would certainly enjoy assisting a corrupt vine in obtaining power on the throne in God's own land. So, are we given in Scripture anything that might suggest the presence of a corrupt, unrighteous vine among Israel's leadership in the last days? As one initial clue, recall the story of our daughter of Zion, who is also a symbol of Jerusalem and its royal temple. The daughter of Zion is very likely a Judah, even Davidic line, queen figure who is looking to her righteous family for help in the last days but is left behind like a hut in a melon field. Those who should be Judah princes in the last days period have all been targeted, scattered, consumed and taken captive by the Antichrist Chaldean mob. At one point God has to ask, is there no king in Zion? While I have established some of the daughter of Zion's Judah line family in modern-day Babylon U.S., another logical place to look would be modern-day Judah, country of Israel. But we know that from Scripture, virtually all current rulers, leaders, etc. in today's Judah will come under God's wrath. God says that He will fill the inhabitants of the land with drunkenness, including the kings that sit upon David's throne, Jer 13 13. There is also scripture to at least initially support the notion that there may be a particular corrupt vine in today's country of Israel. You can also see from the first verse below, that God still has His eyes on the men of Judah, in particular. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah His pleasant plant, and He looked for judgment, but behold oppression, for righteousness, but behold a cry. Is 5-7. Say unto the king and to the queen, Humble yourselves, sit down, for your principalities shall come down, even in the crown of your glory. Jer 13-18. There are some additional hints in Scripture about a possible corrupt vine in the last days, but I will likely address this in a future passage. The Jacob Army's Measuring Line for Justice. You may recall how I have described the possible link of the Jacob Army Judah remnants, including end times figures like the Davidic prince, daughter of Zion, etc., battle in the last days versus the Antichrist Chaldeans. This battle will likely lead to an eventual peace covenant or agreement which will likely include today's Judah, the country of Israel at the negotiating table. I have also described previously how Judah's leaders have likely forsaken the Jacob-Judah remnant's cause in favor of their loyalty to their powerful Antichrist Chaldean friend, soon to be enemy. These leaders are blinded as to the truth. Through the prophet Ezekiel, God discusses a wall, which looks to be a wall of peace, but in fact is a whitewashed wall of false peace. This angers God and causes Him to unleash His wrath and to tear it down. This could be the wall of peace that is in some way at least partially related to the Jacob army's cause and a last days, false, declaration of peace. It also will be a catalyst of punishment to come on Judah, country of Israel. Recall that the Jacob-slash-Judah remnant army, in the U.S., are waging a righteous battle versus the worldwide Antichrist Chaldeans residing in the United States. God may be referring to this battle when He says, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line, as 28:17. The Jacob army has indeed raised a banner to the world, and is waging a righteous battle as freedom fighters against the Antichrist Chaldeans. The pursuit of justice for Jacob's army, who are Jesus Christ devotees, is a possible proxy or vessel for God's strange work described in Isaiah, 28:21. Along these lines, God appears especially interested in Scripture in getting justice for the daughter of His people, likely the daughter of Zion, who lives in a far country, from current-day Israel, and whom he says is hurt a kind of hurt from which there is no recovery. We learn as follows. When I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. Behold the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people because of them that dwell in a far country. Jer 8 19. Antichrist Chaldean rulers and leaders of current-day Judah, country of Israel, whom we know will eventually be exposed and punished severely as described herein in this passage. I have mentioned prior the precedent with ancient Judah continuing to keep its own people as slaves, 
with a possible application for the captivity of the daughter of Zion in current-day Jacob army, against God's commands, which angered God and was an important factor in bringing about the original Babylonian invasion. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Ye have not hearkened unto me, in proclaiming liberty, everyone to his brother, and every man to his neighbor, behold, I proclaim a liberty for you, saith the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine, and I will make you to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. Jer 34 17. So, in a strange, ironic way, the Jacob army may ultimately get some justice, at God's divine direction, through the Chaldeans themselves when they turn against Judah, country of Israel, in the last days. Tilda. In my next passage, I will provide additional detail about the various modalities of punishment set to be brought upon Judah, Israel. Grace and Peace. Lion's Lair, LL.